Welcome to the Plenteous Redemption Podcast, where the cross and the culture are on a collision course for discussion. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require signs, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews a stumbling block, under the Greeks foolishness, but under them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, here's your host, Thomas Irvin. Welcome back to the Plenteous Redemption Podcast. It's been a little while since I've been with you. It's been a busy, busy couple of weeks. Uh, I am, our purpose today or with this particular podcast is to uh, record our December uh, monthly update. And I'm just now getting to it as we've been driving all over. Thank you uh, to those of you who prayed uh, about our son, Adrian. Um, We, on January 4th, I was able to drop off his paperwork. All went well with that. And then on uh, January 9th, um, we went for the the interview where we're, pretty much all they did was uh, swear us in, uh, you know, have us attest to the fact that we were telling the truth about what was on the paperwork and then said the paperwork will be back in two weeks. <laughs> so uh, continue to pray about that. We, we, really, we, we really want to get that done. It would be a huge relief to have his paperwork and and citizenship and all those wonderful things that come with being an American. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we're often frustrated with the direction of America, uh, but where else in the world would you really want to live and, and, and be a part of? <laughs> so uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's just one of those difficult situations to be in. Uh, we 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 want to get his paperwork done and get all that going and and we also would like to see our country move in a in a better uh, more godly direction. <laughs> uh, looks like we'll get the paperwork done at least. <laughs> all right, now our December prayer letter opens with First Corinthians chapter seven verses twenty nine through thirty one. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possessed not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. Very important passage. The Lord wants us to live, you know, if you have a wife, wonderful. But in this portion of First um, Corinthians, the Lord goes through how that if a, if a man or a woman does not have a husband or wife, 
they, ha- they have more ability to be focused on service to the Lord. And then he says, but if you have to have a husband, if you have to have a wife, get married. But then he goes on to say, you got a wife, you got a husband, it's time to live as though you don't have one. In other words, there should be a sense of urgency about our re- spiritual responsibilities in this world, and, and that does seem to be lacking. So as we dismiss another year, the admonition to live as though we are not entangled by the affairs of this world remains. Let not spouse, home, weeping, rejoicing, or possessions prevent your service to Christ. All the above are more meaningful when the Lord is preeminent. We cannot be admonished enough to hold fast our profession of faith and fight the good fight. As the years pass, the Lord would not have us idle, simply watching the time on its way to an eternal repository. Time gone will never be regained. What a thought to consider. Allow it to guide your use or misuse of time in this present evil world. You may be the key to some soul's eternal finality. Do not forsake so great a duty. As we proceed meaningfully or insensibly towards eternity, towards the Lord's harvest, His expectations of us remain the same. They do not change based on our willingness to be diligent or our failure to live separated. We should not take time to be holy, but that is the very reason our time exists. You don't want to just set aside time to be holy. The purpose of this life is to be holy. It's a great song, uh, and 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 I am using my words to play on, on you know the the idea. But um, the time to be holy is is not a momentary thing throughout the day that you should set aside. It's the way we should live our lives. God help us, because that's a tall order. Uh, unfortunately, we too, we too often love the world we are instructed to loathe, but loathing may encourage our willingness to leave. How might a rapture appear for souls so entangled? Are we prepared to see the, that visage that was marred above, above any man? Is that ringing in our minds a bothered conscience or the echo of the Lord standing at the door and knocking? Are we participating in cold indifference? These would be good questions for each individual to determine, lest we waste yet another year. I don't want to waste time. I'm too guilty of it as, we, as, we, as it stands. And uh, so I, I want to continue to do all that I can to, to organize myself and to be diligent and to be focused and to do all that, all that is available for me to do before we pass from this life to the next, or before the Lord returns and calls us to meet Him in the air. Uh, I, I want to be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, But what if the year is cut short? <laughs> See, that's the thing about time. We have plans for it. But what happens if it gets cut short? Which nearly happened to my family and I. Um, over the holidays, we, we don't celebrate the holidays um, we, we have no interest in that. We, we, we believe it's too rooted in Roman Catholicism and paganism, so we prefer not to celebrate them. Uh, as a result, we, we take time away and go spend time alone as a family while other Christians participate in these things. And 
on our way back from Kampala, driving driving from Kampala to Masaka, uh, right right there towards the end of December, uh, we we nearly we were nearly subject to a horrendous accident. Uh, just ahead of us, two semis had collided on the road. Uh, now, if you've never driven in a a, a third world country, uh, more you know, particularly a country like Uganda, the driving is just horrendous. There is no concern for safety. There is no thought for other people on the road. Uh, their mentality is, I want where you are, and I'll do what I have to to get there. It's unbelievably dangerous. It's senseless. Uh, it, it's it's the one of the number one causes of death in the country, just driving on the roads. People drive. It, it's, it, it is insane. That is the... The best way I can describe it and explain it. Um, now, these two semis had collided on the road, and in the left lane, one semi that had two trailers was jackknifed across the lane, and his two trailers were were side by side. I mean, it, it was it, it was a, a scene that would defy physics and and make one scratch their head and wonder how it could even be possible, um, but. The other truck that was involved in the incident was uh, off the side of the road, but the right lane was still clear. Now in Uganda, you know they they drive in terms of direction the way that the British do. So your your steering wheel is on the right side of your car, and your vehicle is on the left side of the road. Uh, so so you it's it's inverted to the way you would drive in America. And so the lane heading towards Masaka from Kampala, that w- the lane that we were driving in was blocked. And uh, we were about two cars from the semi truck that was that was blocking the lane, but the traffic coming from the Masaka direction towards Kampala was was passing through. Uh, there was a small opening between the semis that that had uh, run into each other, allowing vehicles to pass through. And um, Ugandans with vehicles, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. Uh, now they, they can't, they don't believe in sitting in a single file line. You know, when, when, when you were, when we were children, I'll say from my generation back, because I don't know what happened after that. (laughs) When they taught you, when they made you walk in a single file line, one behind another, and you got in trouble for being out of the line or not directly behind the person in front of you, depending on how detail oriented your teacher was, um, you could get in trouble for that. You don't realize how valuable that training is until you come somewhere like Uganda, until you visit a third world country where they, where that, that idea was never at any time implemented in any way. <laughs> um, so what happens is there's a, a, a vehicle or two in front of myself and I'm waiting behind the vehicle in front of me, which is a normal thing to do in some countries. Uh, not in Uganda. So the other vehicles behind us, they don't, they will not wait. So they all, they all crowd into the funnel at, at different angles or, you know, in different ways. So my vehicle is here and within minutes, there are two or three vehicles beside me, all trying to get into the same little corridor to pass through. And by the way, that opening 
at the moment was only allowing traffic coming the other direction. But but the people on this side are trying their best to squeeze in there and force their way through and block off the other side. Nobody wants to wait. I don't want to wait, but it's just you have to. Uh, you make the situation worse when you try and force your way through and and do the things that 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 they do. And um, so as as we're sitting there waiting, now we have vehicles stacked to the left of us on and off the road. We have vehicles piling up behind us. There are a few vehicles to my back right that have that are that are starting to collect and build up, but no one was to my immediate right. And all of a sudden we see a, a dump truck coming through the, between the semi trucks on their way towards Kampala, and he is completely off balance. The truck is rocking, the driver is struggling to get control of the vehicle and we're looking it's it's to our 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 front right uh, now remember that's the driver's side in in Uganda in, in countries that that have taken up that orientation and so as they're coming through he's rocking back and forth we heard a collision we didn't know what happened we didn't see it we just saw the dump truck coming through and his um truck is rocking back and forth and suddenly it rocks so hard towards the other shoulder of the highway that it that the bed the 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 bed of the truck that's holding that is stacked to the brim with sand lifts off the frame and and goes over towards the shoulder of the highway and then lifts two wheels of the truck off the road and then suddenly just as he's approaching us that weight comes back and it starts to rock towards us. That dump truck was about to, was about to fall on us and there's nothing I could do. We had been so crowded by people on all sides, except the side where the dump truck was. There was nothing I could do. I had nowhere to go. I had no way to maneuver. There, there was all I could do. All I, all I did was say, Lord, help us. I just, just cried out, Lord, help us. And somehow, <laughs> praise God, instead of the weight coming directly at us, which that it was the only place it could go and was the only logical next thing to happen, the truck just stabilized. And the driver punched the gas and took off down the road because he didn't want to be there. <laughs> I have no idea how to explain that to you. All I can tell you is my wife was sitting in the back with our children. Um, I was sitting in the front. I was driving. She grabbed our children and pulled them to her and, and just closed her eyes. And all I did was cry out, Lord, help. And all I can tell you is that he did <laughs> uh, because there was no way we were coming out of that. I have, I am fully confident that that God Himself had to intervene to help that, or to stop that, and praise God for it. Um, you know this this mentality is is uh, it's often said that the worst enemy of Ugandans is Ugandans or are Ugandans. Um, the way they treat each other, the way they are on the highways, the way they are in restaurants, 
And, and, and again, some of you, when you hear me talk, why are you talking about them like this? Because they are the subject of this problem. Uh, that doesn't mean other countries are without their issues. We're, we don't live in an isolated world. But right now, I am talking about the mentality of the average Ugandan. And, and it is overwhelmingly characteristic of the society. Uh, they are a young society. They are a very immature society. Um, you know, the, the Bible talks about the responsibility of aged men teaching the young men and the aged women teaching the young women. They don't have any. The, the, you know, last we checked, the average age of, this, of, the, of, of Uganda, the median age, the average age, uh, was like 18 years old. And they act like it. Now, not everybody. Some rise above it. Some have developed a much larger level of maturity, uh, but most haven't. And and it it it, it shows that they take unbelievably dangerous risks, and they get no reward because the risk never had any real reward in the first place. And and we would really really like to see that change. Now, that's, that's a generational issue. That, that's going to take generations to change. But please pray for Uganda in general because they really need to grow up and mature. Um, they, they, need to, they, need to be better, they need to become better at, at determining what risk to take and, and which ones are, are worth putting your life on the line. I mean, literally to get from here to in front of the car in front of them. That's it. They will put everybody's life at risk just, just to gain a one-car advantage. Um, it, it's sad. It really, it's sad and it's frustrating and it, and it just creates a society-wide danger that is unnecessary. I believe the last we read from December 23rd to December 26th, all right, and it's it's a big deal when they're tra- when they're moving for holidays. It really it's really dangerous to be on the roads. Uh, but from de- 20, December twenty third to December twenty sixth, I believe it was um, somewhere around eighty plus people had died on the highway. It, it's just it's sh- it's senseless. It, it's highly immature, and I thank God He got us through that. Praise God He got us through that. I'm so thankful my family is okay. Uh, but pray for us. As we've got to move around the country. There are things we have to do. You can't not travel. Um, but we would like to see a bit more safety on the roads. Uh, but thank God for his help in that situation. Now, the Lord apparently is giving us another year, praise the Lord. And it's time we we intend to spend wisely. On December 1st, my wife had her second class on biblical motherhood. And praise the Lord, more ladies came this time, and many had put what they learned in the previous class, uh, um, they put what they learned into practice. And my wife encourages them to bring their children. Uh, And the purpose of that is she wants it to be very practical. And while they're there, you make your children sit and be quiet and listen and, and begin teaching them there how to act in church, how to act in school, how to act in, you know, whatever wherever and whatever it is that life throws at them, uh, they, they, they need to be able to, to handle these situations in a godly manner. And they're doing very well. They, they really seem to enjoy it. They ask a lot of really good questions. 
Um, they, they bring scenarios that they're dealing with, things that they're facing that they, they would like to know. What do you think about this? How do you handle this? How do you handle that? There are, there are many different scenarios that they've come up with and that my wife has been able to talk to them about and help them with. And, and it's a tremendous, tremendous blessing. It, it really is. It's so missing. You know, the, the ladies who are more mature in the faith, who are good mothers, who are good wives, need to teach the younger ladies. If you don't teach them, then Hollywood's going to teach them music. Your mu- you know, the, the popular music of the day is going to teach them, and they're going to teach them how to be harlots. They're going to teach them how to be selfish. Um, rather than having that selfless mentality of a wife who, who uh, wants to care for her family more than she wants to, more than she wants to sleep or more than she wants to, you know, blow money on useless things or get involved in illicit relationships. Um, you know, it's that, that selfless motherhood mentality needs to be passed on. And it's up to the, those ladies who have done it and done it well and did it in a biblical fashion. It's up to you to transfer that on to the next generation. And my wife's doing a great job of doing that. And I praise God for it. Thank God she's had the opportunity. She loves it. She enjoys it. And, uh, and it's going very well. So please pray for the ladies as they come. And um, now I preached the Sunday school class and Sunday morning message on December 4th. Uh, I've been preaching on the various aspects of standing versus state. And uh, this is a, a very fundamental and foundational doctrine. It's a, it's, a, it's a major aspect of rightly dividing the word of truth, um, what we would often call dispensational teaching. Um, and this time we looked at, you know, your, your, your standing is, according to the Bible, is the position you have before God because you've trusted in Jesus Christ, all right? So your standing is eternal. It doesn't change. It, it will last forever. You trust in Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. Your soul is saved. It's done, all right? Now, that, that's your standing. When God sees you, he sees perfection, uh, he, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. All right, so that puts you in a great position to then work on your state. All right, Once you recognize the aspects of your salvation and your life that are in God's hands, that are God's responsibility, then that, that allows you to press on and to move on to work on the aspects of your life, that, that the responsibilities that God has given to you. And understanding that is tr- is tremendously valuable. It, it it is extremely helpful. And failure to understand that comes with some some deep problems that has to be worked that have to be worked out. Um, and so this time we looked at it from the perspective of an inheritance in heaven. You, you part of your inheritance in heaven is given to you simply because you trusted in Jesus Christ. So it is directly related to your standing. But then there is that aspect of your inheritance that can be earned here on earth as you serve God, as you live for the Lord, as you try and do right and and, uh, focus on doing what the Lord would have you to do here in this world. That's attached to your state. It can be lost. It can be gained. It can be won. It can, you know, it's it's a reward. It can be increased in heaven uh, or or you can give up, walk away and lose it all. Uh, so, So it's attached to your state. So that's what we ended up preaching on. On that Sunday morning, uh, it, our guys really seem to be grasping it. They really seem to enjoy it, and it and it, 
in terms of living the Christian life, it can kind of set you free and give you the freedom you need to stumble a little bit while you learn to get your state in order. Knowing that my standing is secure and eternal gives me the the ability and the freedom to go on and work on my state, which is fluctuating. It's up and down. One day we do great. The next day we do terrible. And, and, and so these are, these are helpful ideas. Now, in, in December, our village public ministry, uh, we went to Chazanga. And the pastor there, his name is Pastor Biamakama. Uh, he is a kindred old soul. He loves to talk. Uh, everywhere we went, every home we went to, he, he knew everyone who lived in that home. He knew their religion. He knew where they worked. He, I mean, he just he knows the people of that village. And uh, so we went out there and preached. I took Brother Gross, Brother Waibi, and Brother Nyanzi with me. And uh, we taught those guys how to street preach. We went with them door knocking, really tried to focus on giving them uh, the tools they need to, to effectively minister to that area. Um, I preached through, I taught them through the book of Jonah and uh, helped them to, to uh, gain some of the, some of the missiological uh, um, characteristics of Jonah along with his, his character problems. There's just a lot there to go through. As far as we know, 11 people made professions of faith in Jesus Christ. Two of them came to church, and I just learned the other day, Biamakama informed me that um, at least two of them have been baptized since then and are, are doing well and, and, and uh, faithfully attending church. So praise God, that's the point, is to enable these men, equip these men, and then help do what we can to give them a little boost of people coming and a little bit of excitement. So please pray for that work there in Chazanga. Uh, we had a strange incident take place in our town church. Our guys went out street preaching locally. And um, that day, we do this on Sunday evenings. Well, Sunday morning, a group of Pentecostals had been preaching in the area. And they apparently lured about 17 children into coming with them to their church and didn't inform anyone they were doing this. They didn't talk to any of the parents. They just took the children to their church and and it turns out in the end, their motives were pure. They were not trying to do anything wrong. It was just really dumb. And um, it caused a, a big uproar in the area. As you can imagine, 17 children went missing. No one knew where they were. And, and so our guys showed up later to go door knocking. And so the town, the village, the, the LC, who is kind of like a, 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 real, a local mayor, essentially, treated them quite harshly, uh, questioned them as though they were part of this um, this group had, that had taken the children uh, and then sent them away. Now, praise the Lord, uh, it all got worked out. The children were returned at 8 p.m. <laughs> that night, uh, and it turns out it was just a misunderstanding. The guys just did not think through what they were doing. Uh, so pray for our guys. Something like that can turn, the mob mentality can be stirred up quickly, and that could have gone really bad. So praise the Lord, everything went well. Now, the Luganda Bible Translation Project continues. It's moving fast on. Uh, chapters 1 through 17 are now in the third level of review. This past TBI we had, we actually read one chapter before each session. And it started off a bit rough. These guys have their own opinions about word, word choices and, th and things of that sort. But they don't understand the principle that if you choose a word here, it has to work all the way through the entire Bible. It, it, it needs to be consistent, and, and, it, and if you make a bad choice here, it can cause harm elsewhere in the Bible. And so 
as we were able to convey some of those ideas, they came around. Please pray for this work. It's going very well. Um, the feedback has been tremendous. Once we got past explaining to them why we had to choose some of the words we chose and went the direction we went in some, with some of the, the choices, um, th- then they began to be amazed that it was even possible because they re- recognized how difficult and complex it was. Um, now, Brother Gross, uh, please continue to pray for him. Um, he, he's trying his best to take care of his mother. He's trying to raise money. He's actually saving his own money. I, I have, I put information about Brother Gross in our prayer letter. Um, he will. He refuses to even consider looking for a wife until he has his mother situated in a in a safe home where she's not being bothered by her ex husband and and you know his his back his family background is a little bit troubled, but he he's trying to honor his mother and take care of her. He needs 10 million shillings, which is about $2,800, $2,700, somewhere around in there, to build a house for his mom. He bought her a piece of land, and now he's trying to, to build a house on that land so that he can get his mother moved uh, somewhere safe and she can have a place to live off the land. That's that's how she makes her money. And um, he's just really been selfless about this. He He's done his best to save money. He's budgeting and he believes in about two years he can have it all done debt-free. Well, I'd really like to see his faithfulness rewarded. So I'm, I'm my wife and I are personally giving him some money to help him. Um, a, a, a brother from our home church, two, two families from our home church have uh, sent about $200 each, one, one $250, one $200, um, all to help Brother Gross uh, get this done. That'll, that'll equate to about... Um, 2.6 million altogether. He needs about 10 million. All, all of that. Now that that greatly advances him. I mean, he's already saved up some material. But um, if you're interested in helping him, let us know. Contact us. We'd be happy to pass it on and see his faithfulness rewarded. But that's our update for this month. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. And God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can learn more about our ministry by visiting www.plenteousredemption.com. You can hear more Plenteous Redemption podcast audio at www.plenteousredemption.media. Please comment below if this podcast has been a help to you. Also, inform us of future topics that would interest you. Thank you again for listening to the Plenteous Redemption podcast.